1: Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, total financial
0: power. Hi there, welcome to the show. I'm Eric Halby, thanks for being with me. Happy New Year, it a great time. Uh, listen, this is a, a time to reset, isn't it? It's a time to restart things, It's a, maybe look at relationships, maybe your career or your hobbies, anything in your life. Uh, that you can reset. Now, listen, I think you should do that on a on a weekly, maybe even a daily basis. But people use the end of the year, the beginning of the new year, they use that time as an opportunity to set goals, right? We call them New, new Year's resolutions. Uh, I don't want to get into that. There's enough psychology on various television, daytime television shows and, and uh, other folks that will give you their opinion on how you could easily Reinforce those resolutions, begin anew and all of that. That's not this point. Not, that's not the point today. Uh, what this shows is about is, is the opportunity for you to learn some of the financial habits I think that make people successful. You see, I think you can become wealthy and successful regardless of what you've chosen to do, regardless. You want to be a, a janitor at a school where your wages are capped, your promotional uh, opportunities are capped at whatever others around you, it might take you 30, 35 years. You can do it. You have to spend money wisely. You might be a mid-level employee or or a director where you get stuff rolling downhill from the top and you have people down below that are whining and complaining. And as they say, you know, millennials are sitting in the corner just kind of uh, trying to figure out life, right? They, they, They roll up in a ball and you're the one that has to watch out for their feelings, right? And you're in the middle. You're getting squished, so to speak, that mid-level management. Back when I was in the police department, they called it, you know, the sergeant position was, was the, uh, the place that was getting a lot of pushback from the community, getting a lot of pushback also from the officers and from command staff. So it's the same thing. It doesn't matter your field. It's that mid-level management. How can you do it there? Again, it's time and habits. You see, if you've chosen a career where your income is capped, maybe you're a school teacher. Maybe you are a mid-level employee at a company where maybe, statistically speaking, you're going to have seven jobs, right? The numbers are two or three careers, completely different careers in your working life, and seven real jobs. I don't mean helping people mow their lawns. That that doesn't count as a job. Uh, It is a job. It's hard working. I did it during the summers for many years, but even without that, you're looking at seven full-time career uh, jobs and two or three completely different careers. So what do you do along these journeys and do the habits that you've retained? Does that end when you retire? And I don't think so. I think today people are getting to that age of retirement and it's one of those other careers, right? So maybe it's three careers now. And finally, this last career, well, it doesn't really matter how much you're going to pay me. an hour. Great. Why? Because you don't really need the money. Maybe your health insurance is is already taken care of. Maybe you do it for the benefits of some sort. Maybe you're doing it because, I don't know, you, you, you like people. You've heard me talk about you have to have a purpose. There has to be a reason for you to get up in the morning. There has to be people who are counting on you to be the person that you said you were going to be when they hired you. Right, You sat in there, I'm going to do this, I'm amazing here, I'm a superman, superwoman, I can do anything. And, and that expectations that they have of you, you don't want to let them down. And there's, there's a reason for that to exist. Listen, think of it like this. When you are retired, the rest of the world is not. The rest of your family, they are not retired. Heck, sometimes your spouse isn't retired. Right, they're still coming and going. They still have two years left to get their full benefits, whatever it might be. They have a couple of years left before they're eligible for Social Security. Right, There's the, the pros and cons of marrying at such a difference in, in age. Right, Because if you started at a younger age, uh, or, or your wife or husband is younger than you, right, you realize before they can get all of their benefits, there's a gap. So one of the things that we have seen, and, and I've started to see this in the last few weeks, more and more clients that are uh, married 30, 35 years, they're getting divorced. Right? It used to be once you hit the point of no return, I don't know what it was, but once you hit the point of no return, then you continued. Life was good. There, nobody's going to get a divorce. Right? You kind of figured each other out by then. If you haven't, you've been asleep most of the time. But we're starting to see where one retires at home and is bored or or starts flirting with others or decides to start working out. And before you know it, the gym becomes a, a social place and you know there may be others there that, that are just as lonely, right? There are things that can happen along the way. So just like I think the benefit to a relationship is to go to bed at the same time, right? I think that's important. I think you should... You don't always wake up at the same time, but go to bed at the same time, right? Otherwise, you're now roommates, right? As things start to happen, you're getting ready different times in the morning. You're coming and going. You have different friends. I'm at the office. I'm working late. I'm at one of the guys or one of the gals' birthday parties, right? You don't know them. You don't want to come. Heaven forbid one of you be a little on the shyer side. Oh, I don't like being around people or his friends bother me before you know it, that wedge starts to happen. And now, you both are at home, right? You have a stay-at-home spouse and now the, the person retires. Hey, hey, what are we going to do now? Right? Traditionally, it's the male that, that comes home and he thinks he has the, the rest of his life of Saturdays. You want to go out? What are we going to do? And she says, listen, I, I have things to do. I've got some cleaning. i got to go shopping. I have some errands to run. I have I have a life, I have my own classes, my own things that I do, and all of a sudden now he's home alone. So I want you to be aware of these things happening, just like when one of you retires, it changes your life, it also changes the other person's life. Because financially speaking, you may have dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, done everything you were supposed to do. You've always heard us talk about reliable retirement income. What does that mean? It means that the income comes in on the 1st or the 10th or the 15th, whatever day matters to you. I I don't know. Maybe you spread it out the 20th, depending on your birthday, when social security hits. And all of a sudden, you don't have to go to work for money anymore. Money's coming in. Right? We used to, to research this, I don't know, probably 20 years ago in our firm. I used to look and say, when you were very wealthy, Right? You weren't expected to go out and go to school and get a job, especially as the hostess. Your job was to learn how to be a better hostess. In other words, you had to be a house manager. You had to manage the staff. So you basically had your own company. The, the, the cooks, the, the wait staff, the folks that worked in the, uh, the outdoors, right? landscaping, any special projects going on, construction workers. You had to learn to manage them and to be not a a screaming, uh, crazy person, but somebody who understood how to manage people. So even if you were very wealthy, you still had a job to do, and that was to manage the managers, maybe manage the workers. And so, so I I want you to kind of think about this. Okay. Take away some zeros. You may not be, you know, part of the Heinz family or or the Hearst family. So you have a different life, but nonetheless, there's still a people skill component to this. Because I'm assuming if you're retired, you probably don't want to be the person who's cleaning all day long. And and look, part of what I see, I understand when having three children and, and maybe their friends over and family, you can come home after leaving in the morning and the house looks completely different. But if there's only one or two of you, I'm not sure exactly why you're spending so much time cleaning unless you live out in the middle of the desert and you keep your windows open. Or maybe you have a dirt floor and surprise, you just can't sweep up the dirt, it's there. But other than that, there's a maintenance. But sometimes we hear people, oh, I've got to be cleaning, I've got to be cleaning. And I go, wow, that's their purpose. They need something to do. They have to have somebody to, to wait for them. And in this case, the house is waiting for them to get there. So there are some adjustments here. So as you are preparing for that, I need you to, to, to be aware of it and put everything on the table. I'm willing to go back to work part-time. I'm willing for us to sell our house and travel. Things that might shake it up a little bit like, uh-oh, what? What? That's not what we wanted to do. Well, maybe maybe that's the time. All right. So there's a, a few things that are happening. How do you prepare for this moment? How do you get there financially speaking? Well, number one, as you are either in retirement or you're preparing to retirement, especially now when markets are near all-time highs, have you thought about taking some or part of that money and moving it out of the market? Have you thought about taking some or part of that money and getting it out of the risk, getting reasonable gains? Yep, you're not going to hit home runs anymore. But if a million dollars becomes $1.9 million, that's a great day. But listen, you you didn't even spend the the interest income off of your million? Are you going to now fly around in private jets? Yesterday you didn't. Now you will. Are, are, are you going to buy a Ferrari or, or, or Lamborghini? Or you? I mean, I don't know. What are you going to do? Where are you going to spend nine hundred thousand dollars? And you're going to say, "Well, it's for my family," or "It's just in case," or "What if I get sick?" That's what most people will do, because your habits aren't going to change overnight. They don't. But if a million dollars becomes $300,000, right, if you have a greater risk on the downside, if problems occur that pushes your your, uh, savings backwards, now what does that do to your lifestyle? Is it more impacted negatively than it would be positively by having extra money? The answer, if it's yes, and for most of you, it probably is. If the answer is yes, then you need to be moving it out of places that are risk ask your financial professional can the money that i have in this account go backwards if whatever happens i don't care the stock market china trump democrats pelosi i don't know pick a pick a uh, a mover if it can go backwards then it isn't safer and protected it is it isn't the market declines can come it has to be safe and protected from market declines Otherwise, when the market declines, you lose. I mean, that's just logic, right? So there are places you can put it. There are CDs. There are savings accounts. There are fixed annuities. There are fixed indexed annuities. All of those should have zero fees. If you're working with somebody who either says they have to have fees or they do have a fee, then you need to be, you're working with the wrong person. There are some components to those. Like if you say, I have to have a guaranteed income. I'm willing to spend extra money. I know that I'm going to spend 1% a year to get something uh, much higher than, okay, fine, you can pay a fee. There are there are those out there, but you don't have to. Just know that because the biggest component in your financial life should be the steady stream of income. Right. The reason somebody becomes a, a school teacher or works for the government or besides, of course, wanting and loving the kids or, or their job, I get it, but the reason that they do a lot of those things is simple. It's because they love the security. Right? Right? I mean, I mean, that's important. Why not work at a private school where they treat you a little bit better? Well, because there isn't the same benefits. Pay isn't as high. I don't have the same security. I'm not tenured. I don't have a union. So this is all important as you start to plan for your uh, future, because the most important part of this plan is consistency. Because if your financial world drops, then everything else changes, doesn't it? So I want to give you some ideas. Number one, if you are eligible to refinance your mortgage, if you need it, if you have to, right, the old adage of paying off your house before you retire is nice. Does it work the same when you you have a $700,000 house as if you had a $180,000 house in the Midwest? Probably not. Right? Those Midwestern values are beautiful, but not always in Santa Monica or Los Angeles or San Marino. The, the, the home prices are different in Anaheim than they are in Portland. Right? So you have to ask yourself, can I afford the payment? If the payment is going to be with me for the rest of my life, then why not make it as low as possible? So if you still have a job and you still have guaranteed income coming in, or if you don't, but you have, a, you have some level of security uh, elsewhere, then I want you to consider this. Consider refinancing, spreading the payment out as long as possible, and double up on the payments if you want, triple up on the payments if you want. But when you are retired, the required payment, like, uh-oh, this is a tough month, uh-oh, I've decided to keep my money in the market and I've lost a big part of it and I don't want to take out more to pay off my my you know, pay my bills each month. Or I've been counting on one company for a pension, one union for a pension, and they're dropping my my pension benefits by twenty percent. If anything like that like that happens, what can you do? Because your required monthly payment on your house, let's say is fifteen hundred a month, I know you've been paying four thousand for months, for years. Great. But if all hex breaks lose, they don't give you credit for past months to give you a free ride for the next 18 months because you've overpaid your mortgage. That's not how it works. Every month you have to make a payment. So why not make that payment as low as possible? Pay triple, that, I don't care. But what if one of you passes away and you lose part of the pension? If one of you passes away, and you lose half you lose part of your social security, half of your social security. Right? So the idea of having a backup plan if you're going to carry a mortgage through retirement is pretty important. So consider refinancing, just an option. We are at you know near record rates, low rates when it comes to uh uh interest rates on mortgages. I mean, gosh. I don't know if they'll be this low. They might. They might be lower again someday. But it's the old, uh, what is it? Uh, Pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered, right? Don't get greedy here. And if you want to do the math and say, oh, if I hold out and I time it just right, like jump rope, right? You're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And if you time it just right, instead of getting hit in the head with the rope, you get it just right. It saves you $14 a month. I don't know, 18 to $27 a month, maybe. So if you're going to keep a house through retirement, including, guys, listen, including a vacation home. While you still have a good uh, income, that can support it all, consider refinancing your vacation home as well. I want your obligations. If you can pay it off, pay it off, of course. But if you can't, bring that payment down. Okay, what about a couple other things when it comes to, uh, listen, we've talked about moving. A lot of people do. They pick up and they move. Now, if you sell your place in California and you move to 99% of the country, chances are pretty darn good you're able to to live there with a home mortgage of zero, right? Simply because, listen, the rates, the, the, the home values are just ridiculous, we were looking the other day. A client was moving to uh, Prescott, Arizona. And of course, you can find a million-dollar house on five acres with you know, just a beautiful place. It'd probably be $10 million here. Just a beautiful place. But where they wanted to live because they still wanted to travel and they wanted to take some of the winters off and travel to uh, the Caribbean and, and Florida during the winters. Okay. So we looked at what their price range was for the house that they had here. Which was beautiful, four bedrooms, two and a half baths, nearly twenty five hundred square feet. If I remember right, right, it, it was about three hundred thousand dollars. Well, they sold their house here for nearly eight hundred. So, does that leave you extra money to live, to retire, maybe to buy, buy a vacation home, you know, uh, along the coast in Alabama or Mississippi or or down in in Florida? Yeah. Spend half of the year there, half here. Buy the condo on the Mediterranean? In Malta or Cyprus or Portugal or Spain? Yes. Because while you're young, this is the time to live. So let's take a look at some of the best places, what we call the best states, to retire. Now listen, they have a a variety of things. Some of this is so subjective. You guys have seen these lists. They talk about, affordability. Okay, well, that's kind of nice. That's a numbers thing. Then they talk about crime and culture. Okay, crime is quanti- uh, quantifiable. Y- you can measure it. The culture, I don't know. You know, happiness, I don't know. Because a lot of people have a chance to, to live in this world. Uh, you know, you could be happy doing things that I'm not happy doing. So, So kind of keep that, as we say, take it with a grain of salt. But in some of these lists, Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, South Dakota, they've all come in first. But here's one of the things that I look at. The clients have taught me, right? I'm I'm almost 52 years old, so I'm not not in the retirement zone for another couple decades or so. But keep this in mind. It's the 35 degree parallel. Take that 35 degree parallel and drop it south. And what do you have? At the 35-degree parallel, the weather's different, isn't it? So when you're looking at Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, South Dakota, those aren't aren't, uh, in the 35-degree parallel range. They're, They're much higher than that, in some cases, a lot higher. But Florida, parts of North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama. Oh, what about Alabama? Guys, it happens to have some of the most friendly people in the world. And I, I've been blessed to have traveled to a lot of places. Let me tell you, except for one lady. There was one lady we met in, in uh, Fairhope, Alabama, who was not kind. But other than that, everybody else was amazing. That's Alabama. Texas. Mississippi. Right? So so what I'm sharing with you is not just the affordability, but, but there's a happiness, there's a community. But if you buy a house for 250000 in one of those states, don't expect it to triple in eight years, like it did here. It's not going to happen. You'll sell it for 255 right? It's just the goal of the house is a place to live. It's not an investment. Now, if the rents work for you, you can you know rent it out, whatever you're going to do there. But this is important you realize because you are shifting gears. Now, where else should you move? What else does that look like? If part of your plan is to pick up and go for whatever reason, a lot of you, your friends and family, if you're one of the last of your group to retire, remember they've picked up and gone, some of them, whether it be where they came from originally, where where their daughter moved or where their grandson now lives or their son who has two children uh, moved, right? So a lot of these things, these people are moving to Michigan or to Washington and they're doing so. Not because it's below the 35 degree parallel, and and certainly not even because it's a better quality of life, although it might be. They do so because it's the grandchildren, (laughs) they'll tell you. The only reason to have children, somebody told me over the weekend, last weekend was this, it's to have grandchildren. (laughs) And for some of you, you're amen. So as you are looking at a place to live, think of it this way. Do you have any medical issues where you think, right now they're fine? You know they're monitored, I'm okay, but eventually I'm going to need some help. So do some research. What hospitals are at the cutting edge of that, of that problem? If cancer runs in your family, where is, where's the, the cutting edge, if you will, treatment for that type of cancer? What about entertainment, recreation? Do you like the theater, museums? Are you interested in water skiing or snow skiing? These are all things that you and your spouse should be doing five years before retirement. You're writing these things down. You're tracking them. Why? So that you can start doing four-day weekend explorations. Four-day weekends, long weekends. Hey, we're going to go check out this part of the country. Nope, decided we didn't like there. We're going to go check out over here. Ooh, that's on our top list. So then what you're doing is you're kind of managing The last three, four, five years, because here's what happens. Believe it or not, most people can retire a lot sooner than they actually do. And either through fear or not, they generally tend to kind of be very careful. And they say, I'm going to work one more year. All right, when we come back, guys, I'm going to give you a couple more lists, some checklists of things to do. If you plan on retiring, especially in 2020, you need to come and see us, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. If you plan of retiring soon, maybe it makes sense to give us a call. We'll be back. Stay with me after the break. I've got some more great info on how do you decide where to retire? I'm Arab Halaby. This is the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer.
1: Learn from Learn about financial power. The total Jesus Right. Three, two, financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Total Financial Hour. Now,
0: in- hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. My name is Arif Hallaby. The Total Financial Hour, TFS Financial Insurance Services, and T- and Total Financial Solutions, uh, really bring this to you. Uh, as a courtesy, as a way for you to learn, and hopefully, if there's something we can do to help you, that uh, you reach out and give us a call at triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Okay, so here are a couple of things that matter. If you are looking for a place, and we're seeing a lot of folks spending time, I always say the five years prior to retirement, just because you may end up finding a place sooner rather than later. So it could turn into two years or three years. It doesn't have to necessarily wait all five, but at least begin the search, here's what you can look at. Look to see where new Walmarts, Costco's, Sam's Clubs, look to see where new successful stores are going. Because they have done the research. They know where people are moving. They know what's happening with the world of economic growth, where people are moving, what that shift is looking like. And as the shift starts to happen away from some cities to other cities, from some states to other states, these guys have done the math ahead of time. They have the political connections. They pay the, the, the politicians uh, or, and or the regulators to make it possible for them. Right? Be, oh, no, they don't. They don't do that. That's the illegal error. Well, here's the, the way it works. Oh, you want to build a Walmart? You're going to have to build three stoplights. You're going to have to go a half a mile in each direction and put a curb and sidewalk. And then across the street, you have to put in an elementary school. That's what they do. So they make the developers. Now, you can agree with it or not. But the point is, if you want your Walmart, you have to buy political favors. So the next time that politician runs, he says, see, we put in a new school. We put in three stoplights. We put in some curbs and a sidewalk just to build a little tiny shopping center right? Not a, not a superstore of any sort. You have to put in all sorts of infrastructure. So instead of this, and then, oh, by the way, and then you have to pay taxes every single year, property taxes. On the, the place that we allowed you to build us a school, it's ours now. So a lot of the schools, a lot of the infrastructures donate so much to a hospital buy the land next to the hospital and then donate it to the hospital so they have a parking lot. All of this craziness goes on. But none of that matters to you. Just take a look. Where's the Staples going? That means small business or medium-sized businesses coming into town. Office Depot, same thing, small and medium-sized businesses. right? Walmart generally means consumers. Starbucks, higher-end dollar consumers. McDonald's, lower-end dollar consumers. So look to see where some of these larger corporations, not just one or two, but if you start to see a trend, you say, okay, either that city, that state, or that part of town. So the city might be nice, but what part of town? Are they growing to the north or to the east? So maybe when you buy out there, you're getting ahead of the curve a little bit. Your land will go up in value simply because guys, you're in a position to where they will catch up to you. So a lot of folks will follow the big companies. Now, it's always interesting to me when, when, especially my friends on the left will get all crazy. Oh, big corporations ruining the world. Everybody is ruining the world. And you go, oh my gosh, it's horrible. What do you mean? Who's ruining what? And then by the time you turn around, you say, wait a second. Doesn't your union pension invest in Walmart and and McDonald's and, and General Motors and on and on? Oh, so in order for the union to be successful, in order for the members, teachers union, it doesn't matter. In order for you to be successful, those companies that you hate, that you protest against, that you call all sorts of names, they're the ones that are responsible for you to actually receive a paycheck. That's why it's always shocking to me to watch these people protest outside of a place in which they also own a piece of it indirectly through their union pension. And in fact, in many cases, the dues outside of the pension, the dues that are paid to that particular union, they own assets, right? Just like you have a savings account and you have an investment account and you have a checking account, etc. So does the organizations. And so their dollars are set aside and some in a CD at a bank, some at a savings account, some in stocks, bonds, mutual funds. They actually could, and most of the time do, if they have extra money, invest in some of the same companies that they're protesting. So always ask yourself, that's kind of an interesting conundrum, isn't it? They're kind of mean, but not really. They're kind of difficult to work with, but at the same time, they're protesting against me and you and and others. So... If they knew the whole story and they still chose to protest, I'm okay with that. That shows some integrity, right? Hey, listen, I don't care if it's my side is doing something wrong. I'm going to I'm gonna bring it up. Okay, that's good. I, I agree. The problem is most of the time they are lied to. They are deceived. So if you are expecting a union pension, do some research. Maybe you are receiving one. Dig into the details because they were set up to take care of you and I. Unions are not bad at all. Don't think they are. They were designed to give people uh, some some leverage, right? When the mine workers in, in the coal mines were being forced to do some very dangerous things, the United Mine Workers Association made a huge difference. By the way, they're now just about bankrupt. You say, well, why is that? Well, very simple. The... United Mine Workers have somewhere around 20 people collecting a pension for everyone that's paying in. And as mines are going bankrupt left and right because of the policies of the Obama administration, Trump is doing his best. His administration is doing their best. A lot of states are going after them, right, going after the the industry, the coal uh, industry, But it might be too little, too late. Nobody knows. I'm sure there's some behind the scenes, but there's a a plant or a company called Murray. It's one of the big mines in the East Coast. Well, they filed bankruptcy just a couple months back. And tough luck. A lot of people are losing their shirt. So it's a great time for the economy in general, but a lot of organizations are still suffering. And I don't want you to think that your union is immune to this. Because you guys remember Woolworth Department Store? Or how about Pup and Taco? You guys remember, uh, um, oh yes, Westinghouse, remember that? Now all of these are big companies and some of them might be around in some form. They were small, they were regional, they were large. But where are they now? Most of them were the, the, the well-known of their industry, at least regionally. right? General Motors used to have a plant in Van Nuys. The reason the San Fernando Valley, at least the East San Fernando Valley, became anything was because of General Motors. And then California chased them out. And the Clinton administration pushed them into Mexico. So General Motors is, a, is still around in some states. But take a look at what type of states they're in. Generally, red states. And if there are any Democrats in the states, they're called blue dog Democrats, meaning they're Democrats really a name only. Because they have conservative values. So all of the big plants like Elon Musk, I'm going to start a gigafactory, California. I'd like to do. Well, what? Oh, you won't. OK, so I'm going to go over to Reno, Nevada. Right. He's like 15 seconds into Nevada. He's just over the border. You can almost throw a rock builds a gigafactory, employs all of these people. The state of Nevada gets everything and then he drives it 10 minutes into the state of California. So liberal policies, you guys, today, progressive liberal liberal policies today are not in the favor of the worker. They're not. They're in the favor of the socialist. So, so think of it like this. Remember when Fidel Castro, if you did your history books or some of you may be old enough, Fidel Castro and what was it, 58, runs into Cuba. The United States isn't sure. Maybe they can work with him, maybe not. Right? There's some testing going on. And he goes through and they systematically take over the entire country's private industry. From the casinos to the Coca-Cola plants. Whatever happened to those million-dollar mansions that were right on the water? We I would say million dollars today. Back then, of course, it probably wasn't worth a million, but... It should conjure up an image of an amazing house right on the water, steps down into the sand, amazing, beautiful, big palatial acreage. Did they just destroy them all? Or do you think Fidel Castro and his cronies took it over? You think the generals, you think the Communist Party began to use them as their own personal residence. They stole them. So don't think that that socialist policies, guys, get you down the road of any sort of kind of social justice. It just means it leaves your pocket and goes to mine or my pocket and goes to his. So there's a, and listen, I'm not a fan 100% of Ayn Rand. I do like her. I I do think that uh, certainly Atlas Shrugged 1, 2, and 3 should be common, uh, I was going to say viewing. I I like the book, but kids today would probably watch the three videos, the three three movies. I think that should be required. 10th grade, required. Show how that's the way it goes. And then spend a week, kids. Teachers, why don't you do this? Give a lesson on socialism. Listen, you're going to be coming back from school soon. Listen, give a week in socialism. Susie, uh, you've studied all weekend. Yeah, it's apparent because you earned an A. Uh, Jimmy, you earned a fail. We've talked about this before. You just don't care. You don't try. No problem. Susie, we're going to take your A. We're going to lower it to a C. Uh, Jimmy, we're going to take your fail and we're going to raise it to a C because I don't think it's fair for you to get a, a fail. It's not fair. Now who's going to who's going to be in support of that? Jimmy thinks it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think you should do that. Keep taking money from her and give it to me. And Susie's going to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't go out and party over the weekend. I didn't hang out with my friends. I actually studied. I didn't go to the beach. I sat in my room and I studied." And I worked hard, and that's why I earned an A. He said, but yeah, but sweetie, we're, we're social justice here. We're grade justice. Educators, I think you should do that. This is a, an example of socialism. Because as you see, where are the new companies being built? They are outside of these progressive New Yorks and, and Californias. Right What's good for the goose is good for the gander, except if you're Amazon. So Amazon says, we're social this uh, we're, yeah yeah wait, 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 we park money offshore. We're billionaires and pay very little taxes. And what do you mean New York wants to to charge us a fee? They're not going to pay us to come there. So they pull the Amazon headquarters from New York, right? So hypocrites is an, is a nice term for them. Your retirement is going to have to continue to deal with this, guys. As you go through retirement, as you go through this phase in your life, you can choose to be politically active or not, politically aware or not. It doesn't matter. That's fine. Whatever you choose. Maybe now you're just, you know, kind of a spectator. That's great. But what I don't want you to do is to think that the impact is going to end because you are the Susies of the world. If you have the money... And the left gets into power and the jimmies that are, flack, that are slackers, right, maybe have great potential, maybe be really smart, intelligent, but lazy. The jimmies of the world are going to come and take your stuff. And they'll do it by laws. They'll do it by rules. Ask Virginia. They're going to come and take your guns by force. You want to see a war begin? And I don't mean that in, in a dramatic sense. Those counties, what is it, 99 counties, 100 counties in Virginia? They've thrown down the gauntlet. They're saying this is not going to happen. And that far-left governor in Virginia, guys, there could be a problem coming down the road. You know California is looking at it. You know they're they're being watched by Illinois. And they're seeing what what do people really do? How far are they really going to push it? How far is the governor really going to push it? What does he really mean? And so, will that change when it comes to your financial scenario? I think it will. I think they're going to see how far they can push this Proposition 13. See if you guys pay attention. Oh, no, no, we're going to leave Proposition 13 in place. We're just going to dilute the daylights out of it. We're going to add user taxes and rainwater runoff, right? What a bunch of baloney. Rain, water, runoff tax. We do a Google Earth view of your property, depending on the amount of cement that you have. Instead of saying, this is actually pretty good because we've redirected the water to places where there's actually water tables, which is what they've done in our city. And we don't have a water crisis. Not the same as the rest of the state because we manage it. But now the state of California, the L.A. County, oh, we're going water to ta- water runoff tax. You know, the, the 18 days a year you get water in L.A. County and we're going to tax you on that. What? One of these days you guys are going to say enough or you're going to move. So you've heard me talk about the changes that are happening. If your goal is to move, if, it, if it's to, to leave the area, then do your research ahead of time. Look at the local makeup, politically speaking. Look at who is elected to Congress. That'll show you who the active people are. There may be X amount registered, but who actually votes? That'll be indicative and and really as a result of what is on the ballot. And then who shows up will show you who gets elected. So if you lean towards one political way or another... Do your research, look and see who's the congressional. How much did they win by, right? Was it a 70, 30? Well, that's probably not going to change for a long time. But as Californians are moving, it's not just the, uh, the conservatives that are moving. Some of the liberals are too. It's why Texas really dislikes Californians. People say, oh, well, because the price of the houses are going up. Not really. No, Not really. There are shirts, there are bumper stickers that say all sorts of vulgar and semi-vulgar things about California's coming to Texas. I've seen them. They really push the idea that if you've messed up in your own state with your political views, why are you coming here? Because you like it? Yeah? Then don't mess up my state. First, go through a a 12-step program (laughs) admitting that you were wrong. All right. Here's, here's another concept, guys, that I need you to focus on. When you are retiring outside of the, the state, and we've talked about weather, we've talked about uh, you know below the 35 degree parallel. We've talked about following some of the larger corporations that have done the demographic research. Where, where are people moving? What does that look like? How about this? Pretty important, especially if you're retiring before the age of 75. What about an airport? I like to take Uh, There's a radius. You can find it online now. You just do a radius search. You put the city in there and say, give me a 30-mile radius or 100-mile radius or 60-mile, whatever it is. And the reason you choose that is because that is you pick the airport and that is the community within where you will move. Why? Because you might want to be on an airplane and visit your grandchildren. Your son moved to Seattle, your daughter to Detroit, your, your other son to Miami. Well, it doesn't matter where you live now, does it? Because you're going to be on a plane half the time anyway. So be next to a close or close to an airport that is convenient. You saw the craziness at LAX, didn't you? During the the holidays or at John Wayne during the holidays. But if you look carefully, you will see LAX is crazier than, you know, than, than John Wayne. It's much busier than Ontario. So a lot of people... You might say, gosh, I want to be next to Atlanta, but maybe you don't. Maybe a smaller airport that will take you from uh, wherever outside of Georgia, right? Instead of being close to the Atlanta Hartsfield, which is probably, I think, the busiest airport in the country, if not pretty darn close. Maybe you want to be next to a smaller airport like a John Wayne or a Burbank. And yes, it's two steps. It's a flight and then a flight to international, right? You'll, You'll take a small flight out of Jackson, Mississippi, for example. And you'll fly to Atlanta, but you're not having to drive. So who cares how busy it is outside the airport? You're just going from Terminal 2 to Terminal 3. Right? So once you are there, you can have all the benefits of being outside of the area. And yes, you know what? It's going to cost you $200 extra in a ticket. Guess what? Because you've worked with us or somebody else just as smart, you have been able to go through and save that $200. The quality of life that you live by living outside of that major airport's hub is worth it. Right? A lot of people that live in the desert, in the Palm Springs area, will take that that plane, jump on a plane there in Palm Springs or from Rancho Mirage or Beaumont, somewhere out there. They love the area. Instead of driving to LAX. And you can take a plane from there to Las Vegas. And then Las Vegas, anywhere in the world, go to China, go to Australia, go to to, uh, to Europe, South Africa. You can catch it anywhere in the world from Las Vegas Airport, for example. Right, so that, that's a hop, skip, and a jump away instead of having to drive to the LA area. So this is important as you think about where you want to live. Find out where the Walmarts and the Starbucks and the bigger, bigger companies are going. Right, Apple stores are very well researched. If an Apple store is coming to town, guys, they have done their homework, but it's a a younger demographic. So finally, besides the airport, I want you to think of college or higher level of education. Now, generally, I like community colleges. I like some of the trade schools and community colleges for your level because you're retired. You're not going to try to get another degree, generally, but you want to take a welding class. You might want to take an accounting class. You might decide you want to learn real estate. All of these things are generally achieved better at a community college and certainly less for less money because the, the teachers, the professors that are there are usually adjunct. That means they're part-time, so they work in the field every day. And in your case, what they're doing is they're teaching three classes a week. So these are people that are doing it every single day. Not somebody from those Ivy League schools who read about it. He wrote 16 books on the subject. Yeah, he's never employed a person in his life. Why am I going to take a business class from a guy who's just researched the daylights out of it? Never never ever wrote a paycheck to somebody else. Right, as they say, you know, his, her name, Hillary Clinton, only ever signed the back of a paycheck, never signed the front. So this is a process, some ideas, healthcare, consider that below the 35 degree parallel because of weather. You can go a little higher, a little lower. There are some, some, um, uh, exceptions, right? Some parts in Colorado, but Colorado is really swinging pretty liberal and so is Washington state. Even though Washington state is generally a conservative area, the people in Seattle and Olympia, they're running that state. It is not run by the people that live there. It's run by a small group of far lefties. And they are driving that state. So they're they're taking a pretty good state where 90% of the eastern half of the state is one political persuasion. And uh, 90% of the people that are Seattle and its surrounding are another level of uh, persuasion. So that's going to drive policies away from where you might want to. You might say, gosh, my congressman or congresswoman in this area is wonderful, but the state is still run by liberals. That means they're going to have financial problems. That means they're going to have political issues. That means they're going to ultimately drive it into the ground. Why? Because progressive policies don't work. Socialist policies don't work. They just don't. Czechoslovakia, Hungary. I mean, I can go on and on. They say, oh, Sweden. It's not true. Try to get a... I have friends in Finland and Sweden. You know what they say? They say they come to the United States for, for healthcare. Now, the poor people have to wait there. Is that what you want? A two-tiered system? The rich people in Canada, the governor of a providence in Canada, came to the United States for healthcare. Right? For his heart. These are some big issues, guys. Research it. Begin this new year with a set of goals and getting... Uh, a plan, wherever it is, wherever you choose to live, whether it's here or you're going to move abroad. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year, guys. Enjoy the rest of your your day and your, the rest of your week. God bless you and have a wonderful 2020. I'm Arif Halaby on AM870, The Answer.